What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the 23rd episode of WT Fada. I am John Callahan, and I am joined by my partner in crime, Ron Beak. Mr. Ron Beak. You yes. have to say about 23, Ron. Oh, it's a bad number. It is. It's one of the lost numbers. It is. Which, you know what? I am surprised it took us 23 episodes to incorporate that. I know. It feels like something that like we should have probably been on. On episode 4 and 8. Yeah. 15, 16. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll bring it back at episode 42. We'll see you then. Yeah. But for right now, we're on 23. And you know what people say about 23, Ron? What do they say? Nobody likes you when you're 23. Nobody? Nobody. No one at all. That was a rough year for me. Was it? Yeah. I don't remember my most of my 20s, which is sad because I'm in my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're leaving our 20s this year. Yeah, it's fucked up. I'm not ready. I'm not ready either. I've made myself a deal. As if I'm not a success in 10 years, I'm going to, you know, take care of that for everybody. I don't yeah. have to deal with me moping around in my 50s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you're listening... You got about, well, what are we in February right now? Mm-hmm. You got about seven months to make shit happen, guys. Yep. We'll be 30. We'll be 30. Mm. Yeah, I know. It's fucked up, man. I'm not into this. Yeah. I'm not into it. I mean... I'm graying out like a motherfucker, dude. I'm like I'm salt and peppery <laughs> oh, all see. over yeah, the fucking you know, place. I got it's a crazy. couple gray hairs in my beard. I mean, I've... Dude, I have all the symptoms of an old person in my early 20s, so like, yeah, I'm just already man. living it. I've, I know. I've lost all my hair up here for the most part. My beard's I'm on my way. Grays. My my. I've had back problems. Yep. For the past decade, at least. So. Uh, hey, my dick works. Yeah. That works. So there's that. Okay. Yeah. Same. It's the only thing. That one's holding it out. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's all the extra love and attention it gets. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping it spry. Yeah. You, you know. don't lose it. If you don't use it, you lose it. That's right. That's right. The only thing I care about. <laughs> The entire world. Yeah. Mm. Typical white male, dude. This got too dark. Typical white male. This got too Who dark and a hair too stupid. honest. <laughs> <laughs> Let's run it back. We gotta redo this whole thing. Yeah, no. That we are driven by just our wieners. We have, we have more will than that, Ron. Yeah. We're no. adults. We're driven by the we. It's not just the wieners. There's also a ball or two involved. Yeah. That's... How many balls are there between us? I can account there's for at least at three. Least two. Okay, I can account for two. <laughs> if there's something that happened before where you may not be able to account for your two, we probably should have discussed this before we went into business. Cause... Never date girls with teeth. Oh wow! I don't know. That's a no, a solid piece one. of advice. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> don't do, don't do uh, that. Yeah, I'm all about the octogenarians now. If you're 80 and you want to party. Right here. Would they call that a, a gilf? A gilf? Yeah, it depends on whether or not she was, you know, productive in her life. Yeah. Most of the ones that I land are just lonely. Uh, yeah. Well, everybody needs a little no, TLC. They, they'd have to actually TLD. have produced offspring to be considered a gilf. Gotcha. And they have not. Okay. It's just been an 80-year dry spell... And they're finally worn down enough to give me a chance. <laughs> yeah. All right. You got a little side business going on. It's desperation. You'll be, you'll be like, 
Deuce Bigelow male gigolo for... Yeah, but only I pay. people, yeah. I have to pay them. Well, I didn't say it was perfect. No, it's not. Um, Man, your little dragon dude chews yeah. loud. What was yeah, he eating? He doesn't give a fuck. What was that? Um, that it must have been like a grasshopper. John has a, a dragon that sits next to us during every podcast. Watches. He's looking right at us. You know. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Hi. He's down. Very calm, though. Yeah. He's a relaxed buddy. Very docile. I like him. He's a good guy. I like him. He's always just lounging about. Yeah. Whenever I come over. just chilling. Yeah, he's a good man. He's a good guy. I'm like my fucking cats who just wake me up. Right. Every single night, running around. I hear hissing. I hear stuff being knocked over. Mm -hmm. And I wake up. I had scratches all over me because (laughs) they chase each other. And they're like, oh, look, a bed. Safety. And they jump on with their claws out because they're so tense. And I just get ripped up. Looks like you're crying out for help. Yeah. Well, you know. That's rough. I am, but not this way. Not this way. (laughs) (laughs) Where are your cats today? They're actually very quiet. Wow. Yeah, they were up all night fucking around. Yeah, per usual. Now they're lounging and napping. They like to nap all day. And like Jesus Christ, why won't he shut up? Yeah, yeah. They're they're all in the room. They're all cuddled up. They're sleeping. Fuckers. I think they've gotten used to you coming over here on a weekly basis now, so they just expect it. Usually, if someone walks in, they'll come out and see what's going on. But But now it's just just like whatever. Yeah, they just know. So that's cool. They're taking their naps and yeah, they're doing their thing. Nice. I see, I see a box over there marked Collie Power. Oh yeah, that's good. So yeah, so is that? Uh, how is that? I think it's really good. Cauliflower crust. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's like a it's a simple meal that I don't feel guilty about. I love pizza. You know, I'm know, sure it's. I mean, so it's still good, dude. a frozen food. It's probably not the greatest thing for me, but yeah, man. but at least you know you're getting some well, nutritional value there. Yeah, I'm lazy. I'll toss in the pizza, comes out, douse it in hot sauce, and just... I've made my own cauliflower pizza from scratch. Mm. You know, you, you fucking... It's just such a process, man. I don't know if you've ever done it. I've never done it. It's I've good, thought about it, but, but I've never done it. You no, know, I know there's probably a couple couple ways you can make it, but, you know, I just, like, chop up the cauliflower, and you gotta soak it, and I don't know, all this other shit. Soak it? Um... I forget exactly. You can eat like a saint, but it's like, it's got to be your whole fucking life. Yeah. Oh, it sucks, dude. It is tough. Now the dishes. I'd rather not eat than put in that amount of effort. That's what, dude, 100% preach it, man. That's why like fasting is so interesting to me because it's like, all right, I have to get like my, like basically my normal intake of calories Mm -hmm. in a short period of time, you know? for me. Yeah, it's just like fucking now. Yeah, let's it's go. The not eating that I can't. That's hard. <laughs> the not eating like is hard for a while, but then I don't know. Like you get used to it. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I can go like a, a, I can eat one meal in a day now, and I'm like, all right, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing's really changed. Yeah. And it definitely helps like weight management because I don't eat. I don't eat super well, but I still feel like I'm like, yeah, no, I'm all right. You know, a little yeah. big, a little big, but not worse. Not worse than I've been. You're bringing sexy so. back. Trying. Trying to revive it. After James Corden murdered it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I'm doing okay. I feel good. Yeah, dude. I'm, uh, I've been hitting, hitting the gym consistently. It's all about. I'm on a two-week 
meditation streak. Nice. Getting in every day. That's awesome, dude. Which is that's like hard to do. The longest streak I've had in like a long time. Yeah. So I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> the last streak that was that long, it was a quarter mile in the nude across the football field. Yeah. Have you ever done that? Have I? No. No. No, I've never done that. One day, maybe. I don't think I have the balls for it. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody would look at me and be like, they have, he has weird balls. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. That's yeah. Like, <laughs> see, I thought it was like I turned it. No, I know what you're saying. pretty good. Dude, you know, if someone's going to run nude, like, you're going to look... And yeah, the naughty bits. You're gonna be like, what? What's going on there? And if you don't have the right looking balls, you're don't just, run across the field. You're just gonna be flopping around, yeah. and upsetting everybody. Mm-hmm. Think about the children, man. Think about the children. You're gonna scar them for life. It's gonna be like the halftime show of the Super Bowl. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> totally disgusting. Totally sarcastic. Yeah, I feel I'm, like it's funny, like the amount of people that are like shocked by things that are just like common at this point. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? I didn't. I watched half the Super Bowl and I left and went home, went to bed because I didn't see the halftime show. But like, I've seen, I saw clips. And yeah, I saw like maybe three seconds of it, and they were like, "It's the most horrid thing yeah. ever." And I'm like, I don't. Janet Jackson took her fucking tit out on stage. Just like a decade ago, took her tit out. Bullshit. On stage. Bullshit. I, I believe it was planned. Yeah, it was definitely I mean, planned. But still, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like, this is this is nothing. This is nothing. It really isn't. It's crazy. There's people just. I just feel like they just love getting outraged. They pick shit. weird fucking. They pick like legacy people for halftime shows mm-hmm. as well, and I always think that's weird. It's like Shakira. Was it Shakira and J Lo? Yeah. It's like. One, like, what the fuck have they done in the last 10 years? Like, why? Um, I don't know. It just seems weird to me. They've remained hot as fuck. <laughs> I guess that's it. Age, but, but I'm just like... No, I mean, it was like... I, I, I remember being really young and Shakira was big and... Yeah, and, like, at that time, it would have been, like, a great moment for her to do, like, a Super Bowl halftime yeah. show. But right now, probably not. What well, a weird... It's just weird. I don't know. Okay with it. They pick legacy people for halftime shows, and it always it always makes me feel strange. Yeah, it's just like it just feels like it's the halftime show from like two thousand three. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a sucker for nostalgia, so that, that, so. you know, that kind of gets. Next me. year they're gonna get Mariah Carey, and then the <laughs> year after that, Salt and Pepper coming to do the. She's just gonna sing all I want. Christmas is you for the, <laughs> the, the entire, entire show. <laughs> halftime show. <laughs> All right, let's run it back. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the words. But I, I probably like, should because I play it for like three months straight every year. Oh, I don't man. need a lot. I don't want a lot. All I want is you. I don't want a lot. It's just, it's just strange to me. I don't know. Get Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray is going to do the halftime show. I'd be show. so fucking dead. <laughs> I'd be so dead. Dude, did you see... Um, do you know, you're aware of Cameo, right? The website Cameo, so... Uh, Maybe not. There's, oh, well, it's a website where they have um, celebrities of all uh, capacities on there, and you can just pay them X amount of money, so, you know, send them, like, a birthday message or whatever you want. I have heard of this. And somebody paid, um, what's his name? <laughs> Mark McGrath? Yes, Mark McGrath to break up with her boyfriend for him, for her. And, like, the dude nailed it. Yeah. killed it. 
Yeah. And like that was just circulating for a while, so I don't know if you heard of that. But that you know what sucks about that is like you find out that your girlfriend is leaving you, and at the same time you're falling more in love with your girlfriend. That sucks. <laughs> Like, if a girl tried to break up with you and got Mark McGrath to do it, you'd yeah. be like, wow, she is so fucking cool. <laughs> what I was hoping to see, I hope I was hoping to see him go on Cameo and then put, like, a response message through Mark McGrath. And then there's just, like, a, you know, a string of interactions that Mark he McGrath... He should get the dude from Smash Mouth to, <laughs> to do a rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> and then just have him and, and then eventually it's just like it creates like an all-out war between mark mcgrath and the dude from smash mouth and then they us, hate each other's guts and then those the two that started it yeah. get back together yeah and they started a classic music feud plot twist it it re, it's the rebirth of celebrity deathmatch but like in real time can we can we just real quick just talk about Celebrity Deathmatch and how badly it needs to be back. It doesn't have to be real quick. It can be this whole fucking podcast. <laughs> it can be the whole thing. I love Celebrity Deathmatch. Dude, I I can't believe that it went away. It was such a fun concept. It was so goofy. Yep. So over the top. And I mean, the seeds of it planted like robot chicken, I think. Like mm-hmm. that style humor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I think even nowadays, you you have all these people who call themselves stands you know yeah. you've, i'm sure you've heard of them yeah and he, every celebrity has like an army of stands now maybe not every single one but they do and like apparently it's like turf war bullshit you know like for i just recently learned that demi lovato stands and serena gomez stands they don't like each other you know it's like a big gang war so like i feel like now is the time to bring back celebrity deathmatch because you're gonna get people that are really into it and yeah like, they're going to see Celebrity Deathmatch, and whoever's going to win, they're going to take that shit seriously and rub it in the other person's <laughs> face like it's like, like it's a real thing. Dude, and we're living in, like, like that, that was, like, a satirical take on reality back then, and mm-hmm. now we're living in a time where, like, it's not even, like, satirical anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you have, like, these crazy, like, like, Trump is president, mm-hmm. and, like, the shit that he says about other people, and yeah. the shit that people say about him, Right. And then you have people like Kanye West that are so fucking ridiculous, like uh-huh. jumping up on stage, ripping the mic out of Taylor Swift's hands. That would have been a great celebrity. See what I'm saying? Match. Yeah. Like all of this shit, it's it's happening in real life. Nancy Pelosi now, yeah, fucking ripping up the speech, dude. Yeah, celebrity dude. Deathmatch, yeah. man. Throw them in there. We're we're like primed and ready oh, for some good old fashioned celebrity deathmatch. I want to see more, for sure. Marvel versus DC. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's so much division in this fucking country, in this fucking, on this fucking planet at this point. It's like, we should just do it. I was going to say, we should just fucking do it, dude. Fucking yeah. We'll call, we'll, we'll call it the WT Fought Games. Ooh, fuck. It'll be like a gladiator style fucking, we'll just throw celebrities in there, dude. Be awesome. You versus James Corden. Oh. (laughs) Oh. And I'll fight fucking Honey Boo Boo because just because (laughs) (laughs) I don't need a reason. It's the only one I think I can beat. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's someone else. There's someone else I just fucking I can't think of anyone at the moment, but I'm sure there's someone else. There's tons. I have a vendetta against. Tons of people that, that need a beating. Mm-hmm. And they're going to catch one. I'm sure it's not hard to do. Cla- it was called claymation. Right? Yeah, I'm claymation. Sure it's not terribly <coughs> difficult to do. 
just making it smooth and all that stuff. But yeah. I mean, their show wasn't terribly smooth, anyways. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, by today's standards, it might be a little more difficult, but yeah. It was, you know, like, that's, like, the magic of Celebrity Deathmatch. It was pretty janky, but it was mm-hmm. janky on purpose, yeah. you know. It, it had, again, that humor is sort of the humor that got carried into Robot Chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's sort of, the jankiness is sort of the jankiness that you associate with, like, Adult Swim, that type of stuff. Um, you know, it, 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 there's a market for it, uh-huh. for sure, you know. Absolutely. And I, I do miss that show. It was a lot of fun. You'd watch that and, like, uh, MXC. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all that type of shit. For a while, Spike TV had a really great late-night lineup. Like, they brought back Ren and Stimpy, only, like, super adult. Yeah. Um, that Stripperella. Stripperella, I was going to say, yeah, with that Spike TV. That was yeah. um, Pam Anderson, right? Pam Anderson mm-hmm. and Stan Lee. Yeah. <clears throat> what a combo. I don't really remember much of Stripperella, but I just remember being really young, so, like, Stripperella was just, like, a big thing. I just remember the rashes. Oh. <laughs> the scars that still haunt you <laughs> till this day. I still can't find the tip. It flew off one of the times. <laughs> Fell off into the corner, and I tried to find it, but I don't know. I can smell it, though. Ew. <laughs> Ending. Three, two, okay, and we're back. Yeah, we're, <laughs> no, we're not going to do WT Fada anymore. I'm not invited. Yeah. That was gross. It's going to be WT. Fuck it. What the fuck is Ron Fada. talking about? What the fuck am I talking about? I'll just kick you out and just be me. Fada. Yeah. Am I talking about? WT Fada. Oh, man. Fida? Fida? No, no, I wouldn't survive with Fada. That's all I ever wanted to hear. My lamb to my tuna fish. Tuna fish? What? Big Daddy reference. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You would get the, like, lamb. It's been a while fish. since I've seen Big Daddy. Yeah. Back when Adam Sandler movies were good. With the exception of some recent ones. I still haven't seen Uncut Gems, but I've heard really good things. So. Uncut Gems was, like, really surprisingly good, and, like, they fell into that great category of, like, it's the things that happen in it are, like, inevitable. Mm-hmm. Like... They surprise you when they happen, and then you look back and you're like, of fucking course this was going to happen. Like, this is obvious from the get-go that this is where we're heading, you know? Um, But still, when it happens, like, I remember there's a a few moments. There's one moment that's a real showstopper that, like, I don't need to explain too much. When you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. But I remember it happening and, like, audiences going like... You know, like mm-hmm. hearing people like audibly gasp, but at the same time, and I was with them, but at the same time, it's like you look back over the course of the movie and you're like, yeah, I mean, Jesus, like this is, it's the only thing that could happen at this point mm-hmm. in the story, you know? Um, yeah, what a, it was a fantastic movie, but those, that's mostly the, I think it's mostly the brothers. I think the, what are the, I can't remember their names. They're like the Saffron no brothers or something. I can't remember. Sure. But, um. They, like, went to school in Boston, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're two Jewish brothers uh, that apparently make great fucking movies. I guess the other one that they did was called uh, High Life? Or, no, wait. No, Good... Shit. I think it's Good Times. 
I get the two confused, the two Robert Pattinson movies, but I think, I think there's, it was called Good Times, mm. but it's about a, like Robert Pattinson is like a bank robber. Uh, I don't think I've heard of it. He's trying to support his, his brother or something that might have something wrong with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it got really good reviews. I, I didn't get to see that. I'm interested though, especially with Robert Pattinson's next big movie role. Like, I'm kind of wanting to brush up on his filmography a little bit and uh-huh. get a taste of what I might be able to expect out of the the new movie. But yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Uncut Gems though, definitely. If you haven't seen it, check it out. You know, it got snubbed from the Oscars, so. I'm looking forward to Adam Sandler's uh, worst fucking movie ever, <laughs> which I hate to break it to him. He might have already made it. It's quite possible. Wait, is he coming out with another one? Well, didn't you say that? Wasn't that something you brought up? If he got snubbed from the Oscars? Maybe I was talking to somebody else. Somebody Maybe. said that... I know he said if he got snubbed, then he would do something. And he, he would make the worst... I think the promise was he was going to oh. make the worst movie ever. And it's like... I think he already has. Yeah, you're fine. You already Dude, you mean Jack it. and Jill. Like, Jack and Jill. Like, holy fuck, dude. <laughs> He's such a sad case for me. I've said, like I said it before on the show, but just the feeling that, like, if he just applied himself every time, he'd mm-hmm. be spectacular because he, he has great performances. Like, Punch Drunk Love, Uncut Gems. I think Rain Over Me is still pretty good, pretty solid. Then there's even goofy comedies that he's in where he sells it, like Anger Management. Yeah. Because you can just see that this dude is like simmering rage underneath the surface and he's like trying really hard to be polite, but it's just, it's in there and he can't help it, you know? There's something <laughs> really, really wonderful that, about yeah. that. There's something really wonderful about that. That's why, have you seen Punch Drunk Love? No. Punch Drunk Love, like, he's that same character, but like they put him in more intense situations where mm-hmm. like there's there's like he's supposed to go to his sister's house right and he goes to his sister's house and as soon as he walks in the door it's not one sister or two sisters or three sisters it's like the four sisters like almost all in a row we're like oh my god why are you late you know Mm -hmm. so it's like already he's like kind of set off and then like they start telling stories about old times in front of everybody and like Somebody brought up something that had happened with him that was embarrassing, and then he tried to defend himself, and then they all kind of lapped it off, and they weren't, like, paying attention to him and stuff. And they just show him, and he, like, you can see him just, like, kind of losing it. And he winds up, like, walking away, and then the scenes continue on, continuing on with the sisters talking, and all of a sudden you hear glass shatter, and they <laughs> cut across, and he has a golf club, and he just knocked the window out of the sliding door, and then he, boom, knocks the window out of the next one, and then, boom, the next one, and then... <laughs> He turns around and they're all looking at him and they're like, what the fuck? And he's like, I think I'm going to go. <laughs> just the like, weirdest fucking thing. It's so funny. And it's just so ridiculous. But it's, uh, it's a really solid movie. And uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it for mm-hmm. a little while. He kind of plays like Adam Sandler's arch nemesis. And it's just such oh, a good, yeah? it's a good pair up. Like it's really fun to watch. That movie came out a while ago, right? Yeah. It was one of Paul... What, Paul, what is it? There's two different Pauls. I think it's Paul Thomas Anderson? Yes. Paul Thomas Anderson is, like, one of his, like, earlier movies. Mm-hmm. But, like, he went on to do, um, like, There Will Be Blood and The Master. 
and Phantom Thread. Um, a couple other big ones that everybody throws out there is like, what a fucking incredible movie. Yeah. But it's like, he, he always was a good director, but it, it's a... I don't think you can watch Punch Drunk Love and anticipate what he's going to do next. Well, you know? I'll have to watch that one. It sounds like something I'd enjoy. It is fun. Plenty and of times where I've been in situations where if I had a golf club next to you and some windows... Knock out all the windows. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to go. Three? I don't know if I'd stop at three. <laughs> every fucking window in the house. He's <laughs> talking to his sister's husband, and he's like, Hey, look, I'm, I was wondering if you could help me out with something. And he's like, Yeah, sure, what is it? He's like, well, you know, I, I get uh, I get into these situations, and like sometimes when I'm in them, I get like really anxious and stuff, and I feel like I want to die. <laughs> and I was just thinking that if maybe I get like a medication or something, it might help me out, and it might make uh, might make life a little bit easier for me and less stressful. And I just thought maybe you could you could help me. And his sister's husband is like. I'm a dentist. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I can't help you with that yeah, at all. <laughs> it's such a good movie. It's so goofy. And there's also a subtext throughout it that, like, he might be Superman. There's weird shit where, like, <clears throat> he has, like, at times he has, like, ungodly strength. It's hinted at in weird ways. So, like, huh. he's talking, it's played for laughs, but there's this thing where, like, he's selling plungers. Uh-huh. And he's like, this is the world's first unbreakable plunger. This is made out of, and he talks about the material and everything. And yep. it's like, so if you were to hit something with it, and he goes like that, and it just shatters into a million pieces. <laughs> but it's like, if you, it's like, oh, what a great bit. But also, like, if you think about that, and you think that, okay, like, he just described what the handle's made out of. And it's made out of something that's known to be super sturdy, right? Then, like, how did he do that? And there's things where, like, he's on the phone talking to somebody that's, like, on the other side of the country. He's getting all pissed off. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to come there. I'm going to come there. And I'm going to beat the shit out of you. You know, all this shit. And then they show him, like, all of a sudden, the next scene, he's in... He's... he's Okay. The next scene, he's at the place where the person he was talking to is. Uh-huh. He's in the same clothes that he was in before. And he has the receiver of the telephone. He ripped it out of the thing <laughs> and is walking into the store with it. But it's like if he went from California to like Wisconsin, yeah. if he took a plane, that means the entire plane ride he was holding on to a phone. Mm-hmm. But if you go, no, he ripped it out of the thing and then he flew to Wisconsin yeah. like Superman... It's weird. There's a lot of, like, subtext where it's like, wait, is it? Mm-hmm. He's always wearing a blue suit with a red tie. Huh. So his color palette is very similar. It's just down to it's the interesting. surface. I wonder why they would, why they would do that. I don't know. It's just but it's there. Well, it's it's like, <laughs> there's, like, a layer of, like... I think Superman's one of those things that you can pepper into different stories, and I like the effects. Like, they even did, like, a thing going back to Lost... But there was a thing on Lost that I always thought was interesting, which is, like, <clears throat> major spoilers for Lost. Um, so, you know, what happens to Locke? Uh, and then they this is after Jack has left the island and everything, and then he gets to go back. He's supposed to go back to the island. <clears throat> and he reads a note that John left him. And in the note it said, I wish you had believed me, J.L., and 
I always thought that the, the signing of the name was strange. Like, not John Locke. It was just JL. Mm-hmm. And it, it hit my ear funny. And then I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, this is... Like, now Jack is believing more what John had told him. Right? He's embracing that mm-hmm. more. So now he's like a disciple to John Locke. Now he's put on a ship, you know, a plane... And he flies off into the sky, and then he's supposed to go and land on this place, and ultimately he's supposed to save it. And then the name JL is like Jor-El, Superman's father. And I'm like, oh, it's like they're placing Jack into the Superman mold. Like, JL sent him to this place in order to save it. You know? Really, really subtle. Mm -hmm. They did a lot of weird... Superhero stuff on Lost. My favorite was the Fantastic Four. Was uh, Frank Lapidus has blue eyes and is a pilot. Lapidus means turn to rock, mm-hmm. so he's the thing. Nice. And then you have Miles Strom, like Maelstrom, uh, or Maelstrom, and uh, so like a fiery. Yeah. You know. I got gotcha. you. And Strom and Storm which is like Johnny Storm, Mm -hmm. so that's the Human Torch. You have your physicist that's leading the group that's lanky and out there, and he stretches his mind to the point that it breaks, so that's like, there's Mr. Fantastic. Daniel Faraday. And then you have, uh, who's the girl in that? Naomi. No, not Naomi, the other, the red-haired. Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. yeah. So Charlotte, she... Doesn't have much to add to that motif, except for the fact that she gets shot, but she survives because she saved herself with an invisible shield. We didn't know she was wearing a bulletproof vest underneath her clothing. Yeah. So she's the invisible woman. Yeah. So it's like, holy shit, the fucking Fantastic Four just landed on the island. Yeah. And then you have to go, who's Doctor Doom? Which was the big question. Mm-hmm. It's like, who? Who is it? I think it was, I think it was Whitmore. Thinking that analogy, it's yeah, Charles Whitmore. So. Yeah, pretty sure. That we got so deep into loss there for a second. Sorry, this took us all down. No, no problem. I don't have too much to add to the off-topic, except for the fact that I witnessed actual sexual harassment today, Ooh. and I feel uncomfortable about it. Did it happen to you or someone else? Uh, it happened to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, a woman that works alongside me was supposed to go home at eleven. But she didn't, and she stuck around so that she could talk to my assistant manager a lot. And then she went to leave, and there were Girl Scouts that were selling cookies up front, and she bought a box. And then she brought it back to him and said, hey, I was thinking of you. Maybe you can have these on your break. Uh Uh-huh. And then he was like, uh, okay. And he kept working, and she was like, I'm just going to leave him here on your cart. Did she say it seductively like that? I think so. You think so? Yeah. I'm fucking, I'm so disturbed. Is she the sexual harasser in this? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's just weird. He's like, he's married. Oh. And it's just like, why are you talking to me for an hour and then buying me cookies? Like, clearly I'm trying to work. (laughs) And you're just like all over me. It's very uncomfortable. And he was like, I'm very disturbed and I don't know what to do. And I was like, 
I was like, oh, if you eat the shit. if you eat the cookies, it's kind of like you wanted it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I told. Him. Yeah, it's kind of, at that point, it's your fault. No, <laughs> I would have eaten the cookies. Not he was like, if I give it to my I, kids, it's like not so bad, right? Yeah. And I was like, honestly, just make sure that like you don't open the package and there's like blatantly roofies stuck in each yeah, of the cookies. Yeah, yeah, like, right. <laughs> they're just like sticking out. It's like a little fucking one there. Well, it's like if you know we're at a bar and a guy like tries to buy Haley a drink, she just pass it over to me. Oh, we'll, we'll share that drink. You know, we'll take nice. it. Sure. Thank you. We've had people buy us both a drink before. I don't know if they were trying to get us into something, but... I was. Oh. Well, you, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a given. You don't got to buy me a drink. You just... Just got to show up. Yeah, show up. I just got to bring the old snossage. Yeah. As long as I do that, I'm in. It still works. It does. The only thing. <laughs> we confirmed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else you want to talk about before we get into this? Because no. I am so excited to get started. Me too. Huh? I... And the only thing I'm excited about, I'm going to the uh, Janice on Bob reboot roadshow tonight. Fuck. So Take I'm me with you. I'm excited about that. Take uh, me with I you. Put I me had, in a like, bag. I, I did it so long ago. I wish I like thought to just been like, hey, like we should all go as like a group type thing. Yeah. But okay. my, I'm going with my cousin Steve and him and I, you know, Jan Silent Bob was like our thing, man. For sure. You know, we grew up, we we watched it like all the time and we slept over each other's houses. Not so much mine because my dad destroyed the tape when he found it. <laughs> but Really? Yeah, he didn't I mean, it was a pretty vulgar movie and I was a young, impressionable child at the time it came out and I guess he so. told us, you know, oh, I don't want you watching this movie. Like he said I can't control what you do outside of the house, but don't bring that trash in here. Alright, no problem. Brought the trash in there and he found it and just fucking smashed it. But what wow. But we watched it a lot and you know, it was like our thing. And when I saw we had an opportunity to to go, I was like, hey man, let's do it. I'm buying tickets right now and we'll go. It's like an over an hour, it's just about over an hour away. So Kevin Smith is corrupting our youth. Yeah. Somebody needs to stop him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Ask him if he'll come on the show though. Seriously. I'll, I'll talk to him. Yeah, see if you can I'll get like, that to happen. Podcast and you know, we're kind of a big deal not to tune my own mind. Yeah. I'll really beef it up. I feel him. like it could be a big it could be a big break for him. Yeah, you know, being able to come I on. I won't here. tell him the name of it, so he can't do any research. That's good. That's good. He's like, so where are we? Where are we doing this? And we're just like John's kitchen. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Is is dinette? I'll I'll manipulate him in somehow, one way or another. I'll rope Kevin Smith in. Just tell him that you have pictures of the thing he did to that prostitute, and I guarantee it'll work. <laughs> what is he, Ben Affleck? <laughs> <laughs> Affleck. Yeah. Fuck. That was a great joke. Thank on you. the uh I remember that one. What was that James Silent Bob Strike yes. Back? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to make a James Silent Bob reference. Did a lot of good movies. Affleck. <sighs> I like the set of Goodwill Hunting 2 hunting season in that movie oh, as well. Yeah. Holy fucking shit, man. Animal sauce, bitch. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen Goodwill Hunting, so I didn't get the reference, but I, I It's such, it. it's like, basically Goodwill Hunting is like, <clears throat> Matt Damon is a janitor, and he's actually a genius, but he's not taking mm-hmm. the steps to recognize his own potential. Yeah. And at one point, Affleck is talking to him, and he's like, dude, if you're still here in 20 years, working with me, breaking rocks, I'm gonna fucking kill you. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, you're better than this, you know? It would be fucking insulting for you to stay, you know? And it's, like, basically this, like, journey of, like, will hunting, trying to figure out his, like, realize his potential mm-hmm. and break free of, like, trauma and all the shit that's been holding him back and finally, like, really take ownership of his life. That's what the movie's about. It's very emotional and sentimental. And then, like, the, like that's why it's so funny in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is, like, they do goodwill hunting too, hunting season, yeah. and they're like in a bar with a shotgun and yeah. shit, and it's just like what the fuck, and it's exactly what Hollywood does every fucking time. Like they take a concept and they're like, yeah, the Fast and the Furious. It's like it's like this street racing and all this stuff, and it's like all great. And now I just saw the trailer for Fast Nine. Yeah. Have you seen this shit? I don't think so. They're okay. So Vin Diesel's brother, John Cena. <laughs> is is driving they're driving towards a cliff and he drives off of it and then Charlize Theron who I don't know they must have dirt on I don't know why she's in that movie Mm -hmm. she flies out of the sky with a magnet plane and she magnets up John Cena and they fly away right and then Michelle Rodriguez is like fuck he got away and then uh, uh, Vin Diesel's like not if I have anything to say about it and then he like floors it and they show him, and there's, like, this fucking thing on the ground, and he tr- it's a it's a bridge. It's a bridge, right? But it's a rope bridge. It's all broken. She's like, there's no bridge! And he's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> and he fucking swears. And he hits the fucking, like, pylon that holds one of the ropes, uh-huh. right? And that thing goes, like, it wedges between, like, the tire wheel and the, and the car, right? And now it's stuck in there, and there's the rope attached to the other side, right? So then he fucking drives off of it, and they're, like, free-falling through the air, and then they, like... That the rope reaches its max uh, extension, right? Uh-huh. And then the car goes, Dirk! Like that. And then they swing up, whoo, with the fucking car into the air, into the fucking sky. And I'm like, do you remember when, like, they had to beat a train? Yeah, yeah. That was crossing the road? <laughs> that saw... was the whole end of the race yeah. in the first movie? <laughs> I saw um, I saw someone say at this point, the uh, Fast and the Furious crew might just should just battle the Avengers, you know? Yeah, dude. It's so dumb. It's, uh, I don't understand I how it keeps making ago. money. I don't know, man. It keeps making money. It's at this On point, the other it's like hand. like a Sharknado type yeah, fucking commodity. I'm, I'm so fucking done with... Like, the, the tra- I, ha- I haven't made it past the trailers on most of the Fast and the Furious movies at this point because it's like I, I signed up for like a real gritty street level like street racing thugs and gangs shit. Mm-hmm. And then they went fucking sideways on me. Yeah. Now they're, like, fighting for the government and shit. It's just really weird. On the other hand, massive franchise that, like, that it, it hovers between... I mean, sometimes it reaches the peak of excellence, but a lot of times it's just good. But it's never, it's never bad, Sometimes it's mediocre, but it seems to float in that region. And because it floats in that region, and because we naturally expect less from this genre, uh, I feel like it's, it's had really great legs, and I'm, I'm excited to see what's happening next is uh, the Saw films. Mm-hmm. They, like, that first Saw movie, for my money, is, like, fucking fantastic. Like, the, the plotting, and it's very stripped-down, simple story... The score is fucking incredible. Like, it gives you chills every time you hear it. Mm-hmm. And it leads up to that, like, that climax at the end where you realize that the fucking dude room, spoilers, it's like totally, uh, you know, jigsaw. 
Oh, that shit. And, like, awesome. Second movie, really great. Uh, and then there's, you know, all throughout, it's been, it's been pretty yeah, steadily been, in the middle, yep. you know? Not, not bad, not great, you know? But uh, did you see the trailer for Spiral? No, I didn't know what that is. Yeah, but. Chris Rock starring and producing Spiral, which is uh, a new story from The Book of Saw, is what they're calling it. Saw is a book? That's that's how they're labeling it as like a universe. Oh, uh, okay. So okay, the book of Saw. I think it's supposed to make you think of like biblical stuff. Yeah. You know how they've always like kind of framed yes. uh, John Kramer's pursuit as sort of a, you know, sort of a like a like an Old Testament, you know, mm-hmm. uh, fighting back against our excesses and our dissatisfaction with our lives yeah. and stuff. So it, it's very very Old Testament type mm-hmm. style. Um, but yeah, Spiral from the Book of Saw. And it has Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson are in it. Yep. The best part of the trailer was Samuel L. Jackson turning around, like looking all desperate. He has like a shotgun with him and he's like yelling into the darkness and he's like, You want to play games, motherfucker? And it's like, Yes, he does. Yeah. Yes, he does. I know. <laughs> That's what this whole that. thing is about. <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah. Ready, ready to go? Let's get into it, man. Let's switch. I, uh, Quick bathroom break and I'll be back. All right, here we go. Man of Gotham. Show those little birds. I own this town. This a girls party and no Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Hi, boys. Meet the new Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Yeah. What? You are so cool. Harley Quinn in Birds of Prey. Rated R. Experience in an IMAX. We're back. And we're here. We're very excited about today's topic. Yes. We're talking about Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Quinn. Yes. This is, um... I mean, this is... This has been a long time coming. Uh... We've been waiting on this movie for quite a while. Pretty much from the time that Suicide Squad hit theaters, I had already started hearing the rumors that Margot Robbie was trying to do a girl gang movie. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of, like, ups and downs production-wise in terms of what was going on. At one point, it was going to be Gotham City Sirens, which the Sirens are Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, and Catwoman. That would have been fun. Yeah, I would, I would definitely be into. Mm-hmm. I think that starting in this kind of smaller realm of just doing a, like a little introduction to the idea of the Birds of Prey with Harley so that we have like a strong... We have a reason for people to show up to the movie. If you just say Birds of Prey, everybody's like, who the fuck are they? Mm-hmm. But you need this introduction. So this is a good way to do that. You know, mm-hmm. and crafting a story in which they all have like an equal... Uh, they all have a, they have a mutual enemy, you know. Um I, so she's by the end of the movie I realized that she's not actually in the Birds of Prey is she? no she's not she's and they just kind of worked together the, yes and I think that oh yeah I, I gotta be careful with them likes to cause a little trouble I just don't want him to step on the phone because he'll turn the recording off yeah I remember yeah, that um John's cat's on the table if you guys didn't weren't able to understand what we were talking about there he just loves to sit, lay down at the end of the table and join us and chew on the sure. wires here and there. But I'll just, hey, okay. buddy, maybe don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. 
Um, yeah, this is a fun one. I I didn't know what to expect. Um, it wasn't what I expected, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a very fun watch. It was uh, it was like the right mix of things, and also it didn't. What I was glad about was they didn't try to completely stamp out Suicide Squad. Like, it's not worth talking about. We all know that Suicide Squad wasn't great. You know, we all know that it's like, eh. You know, there are things in it that you like. There are things in it that you don't. Um, it's not worth dredging up all of that shit. They're just like, you know what? That happened. It's kind of part of this universe. But it's just a side story. It's just an offshoot of this story. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that we can't change things up in this. And also, like, they took things from Suicide Squad that worked, you know? And I... Like... For instance, Suicide Squad had the title cards that would explain who the characters are Mm -hmm. because it was moving at a breakneck pace because they had to explain who all these people were and also, you know, give you a movie. Yeah. Um, Or at least try to. We'll debate whether or not Suicide (laughs) Squad was really a movie. Yeah. But it seemed like an advertisement. (laughs) But the, uh, they kept that. And I thought that was really cool. Like, when they were introducing, like, Roman Sionis, or Sionis, however you want to... Sionis. Mm-hmm. I, I pronounce it a bunch of different ways, but they're introducing him. They gave him a title card. I think Zaz might have had one. Everybody kind of had like a little blip, and they, they kept that idea of like the kinetic typography like featuring into the shots and stuff. That was a big staple with Suicide Squad. The music was not nearly as overpowering <laughs> as it was in Suicide Squad, but they kept that pace where it's like, yeah, like. We kind of break out into like a music video thing every once in a while. Yeah. You know, and I like that. I like the fact that they weren't ashamed of where they started, but they're also not beholden to where they started. They're like, we're going to build off of this. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Um, what do you think of the cast? Um, it was weird. The last thing seeing Ewan McGregor in was... Um, can you remember the play name? Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep. I kept wanting to say Doctor Strange, but uh, mm-hmm. Doctor Sleep. And then he goes on to playing this, you know, very eccentric, misogynist, mm-hmm. psychopath. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of cool seeing that jump in uh, in roles. And yeah. um, you know, I, I, you, I, you've mentioned Black Mask to me like a long time ago before, and he was a very, I very did. bad character. I did know? mention he was, him he was before. A monster. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, so I was expecting some really bad things. I mean, they kind of hinted towards a lot of it and, like, gave you a little bit of taste of it. And, yeah. you know, I, I was kind of hoping for some, like, really dark side, like, a really change in, you know, mm. uh, character there. But he kind of kept it like he was very outgoing. He was funny. He was yeah. charming. Yeah. You know, which is, like, the case with a lot of psychopaths. Mm-hmm. They're very charming. And, mm-hmm. But then, like, you get that moment where they just kind of flip a switch. And, mm-hmm. like, we've... We got a taste of that. Yeah, a little bit. A, a bit, little bit. But it was enough to no. honor how bad I think yeah. Roman is, um, without going too yes. too uncomfortable. But I do think that like they managed to like I, honestly, I think one of the worst things. I all right, so I'm I think Ewan McGregor might actually have stolen the show in my opinion, and it might be my affinity for that particular character and just the excitement that I had about seeing somebody that I really consider to be one of, like, the worst people in Gotham City. It's hard to be, like... To be the worst person in Gotham City, you have to be really fucking awful. Uh-huh. So, seeing him 
in all of his glory on film very exciting for me. And I just couldn't stop looking away from the dude. Like, every, every time he was on screen, I was just, like, completely captivated mm-hmm. by him. And, you know, I, I, I've been dying to talk about his performance and, like, how good... Um, how good he around it. Oh. He's just digging around it. Oh, he's always getting into trouble, that ash. Yeah. But, um... Man, I gotta say, like, for me, like, the most uncomfortable scene that they had with him was the woman that he made get on get the on table. table that entire sequence was just like, holy fucking yeah, shit. Yeah, and they had who I assume was her boyfriend of, or, of some sort. Yeah, boyfriend, Cut. or at least suitor. Yeah, you know? of some sort. Yeah. Just, just take a knife and just cut that, you know. Oh, and the way he was talking, like, mm-hmm. he's just so fucking mad. Yeah. And just, like... The thing when he was like, you know, this is my fucking club when I tell you to get on the fucking table. And he like just yeah. threw the drinks all over wow. the fucking place. It was uh-huh. like, holy shit. You know? Because that's what Roman Sionis is. Like, I've, I've heard people talk about him and they were like, you know, maybe like... I heard somebody saying that if you were a Black Mask fan, you might be put off by his flamboyantness and also his uh, his childishness. And I'm like... No, that's that's there in the comics. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what comics people are reading yeah. that they don't see this. The man walks around in like a white silk suit most of the time in the comics and he wears a, a mahogany skull mask. I categorize that as somewhat flamboyant. Yep. And I also think anybody that, that that's that like pig-headed about getting his own way and getting control and all of this shit, yeah, you're going to characterize that as childish. I feel like Ewan McGregor did a great job of, like, portraying this, like, petulant fucking man-child that just is so fucking evil, you know, and so detached. Dude, just, like, right from the beginning when he has that family tied up upside down, he's like, ah, we'll let her go, and she's like, oh, thank you, and he's down, he's like... Is that a snot bubble? Gross. Oh, I changed my mind. Yeah. I, I, I laughed, but I mean, it's like such an awful scene. Yeah. It's just like... Yeah, no, he's he's a fucking evil son of a bitch, dude. I was like, like ah, you motherfucker. I always... The second she thanked him before she was oh. let down, I'm like, no, like, you don't... No. No, just like, wait till you're down. Fate. And wait till you're like, you feel secure to be like, okay, like, now I feel it. I mean, you just... Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. He, so... I, uh, that moment felt very true to me because there's a, there's something that I've always associated, like, <clears throat> the Black Mask is like a torturer, always has been, um, and when they introduced him, it was like the late 80s, maybe, was the Black Mask in the comics, and... Just a few years later, they have the scene in Reservoir Dogs where Mr. Blonde tortures the cop. And Mr. Blonde's wearing the black pants, and he has the white uh, dress shirt, the black tie. And <clears throat> there's that scene. And for whatever reason, there was like, a, you know, early exposure to the black mask probably came in the form of an action figure. The action figure was like dressed exactly like the Mr. Blonde character from Reservoir Dogs. So in my mind, I just always kind of like put them, I put them together a little bit. Uh-huh. Like that's the attitude of Roman Sionis, kind of like Mr. Blonde, you know? And there's actually a moment in Reservoir Dogs where like he gets blood from the guy that he's torturing on his hands and they show him and he looks at it and he's like, Jesus Christ, he fucking oh, yeah. wipes it off on the guy like he's fucking pissed that, you know, you, 
did a human bodily function on my hand while I'm torturing you. Yeah. It felt very right. natural to me that Roman would, like, be holding that girl's head, and, like, if he saw a snot bubble, it would be like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, fucking gross. Yeah. Really. You know? <laughs> and, like, that's who he is. He's, he's so, uh... He's like a, he's almost like that Patrick Bateman archetype, you know, the, the American psycho archetype of somebody that's like so detached from the world because they're insulated by money and, and that allows them to consider themselves so separate from everything. And, and the thought of, uh, somebody being so raw, rawly human, because I mean, I don't think like... When you're, if you're being tortured and tormented and stuff, you just are going to default into, like, what you are, you know? Mm -hmm. What you are is a human, you yeah. know, a human animal. And, like, the idea of, like, him seeing that defaulting as something abhorrent, you know? Yeah. Like, somebody's crying a because they think they're going to die. Yeah. And then he looks at that snot bubble that's happening because of, the fact that they're scared and he yeah. just looks at it like you are so fucking gross you don't even deserve to have the life yeah you know there's something terrible about that you know it reminds me of you know like american psycho has that scene where patrick bateman is talking to the homeless man that's fucking awful he's just like you know you oh no can you guys hear that <laughs> probably <laughs> Speaking of torture. Yeah. Something <laughs> terrible happening in the home. Hope not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, I've been living here for almost two years. Um, but yeah, it reminds me, of, there's a scene in American Psycho where he's talking to a, uh, he's talking to a homeless man and just the way that he's talking to him about things that like the homeless man probably has no understanding of, like... I think he asks him about his portfolio, like what his stocks look like and mm -hmm. stuff. He's just openly mocking this man for being poor and then ultimately being like, you know, you stink as shit, you know? And and then the moment where he, like, he stabs the homeless man. And it, it just, like, that whole sequence is just so terrible because you're watching somebody with power pick on somebody who has none and, and the the way that... The way that Roman operates is very much in the same vein, you know. Mm -hmm. Just a bad... It's a person that got power that should not have it. Yeah. You know, is the wrong person to have that. I've never seen American Psycho, but it sounds pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah, American Psycho will make you upset. There's one scene in it, that that scene in particular, and it, it, it it's not just the homeless man that goes mm -hmm. beyond that, but uh, just a real sick real sick shit and I feel like this is the that's that archetype you know yeah it's like Roman Sionis Patrick Bateman Donald Trump you know <laughs> these people are just pure evil <laughs> I see uh, what you did there yeah you know I mean I call them like I see them mm -hmm. um so alright I, I feel bad because it's like a it's a girl gang movie and we, we immediately jumped into Ewan McGregor, but it's not our fault. He's he's well, very he's, good. Know, he's the main villain and he he's very good. Um, while we're here, should we also I, I, I want to talk about Zaz a little bit? Sure. Okay. Chris Messina 
is uh, playing Zaz, and he is, he, like, he might be one of the secret weapons of Birds of Prey, for sure. As far as villains go, I mean, I think Roman is is definitely great as the figurehead, but mm-hmm. I love Zaz as yeah. the Enforcer character. I thought yeah. he was fascinating. Like, there was something... Because, all right, a lot of people might not know this, but this is not Zaz's first live-action film appearance. Uh, what else he, is he in? He's in Batman Begins. Um, he is a prisoner that, when we first go back to Gotham, uh, the Scarecrow is up on the stand, and he's like, in my opinion, Mr. Zaz uh, should be considered criminally insane and moved to my asylum. And they show him, and he has all the tally marks on his neck and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. And then later on, when they bust everybody out, uh, he's on the streets, and he almost kills Rachel and the little boy um, from the Narrows. Mm-hmm. So it's not his first film appearance, but this is definitely like the most interesting take that they've had. Uh, he he has more to do in this than he's had to do in a lot of other things. He was on Gotham as well, but on Gotham they played him much more like kind of just a hitman. They didn't get into the scars so much on yeah. Gotham, but uh, I don't know. Chris Messina has such a creepy air to him throughout this entire movie. Like, really, um, just the way he talks, mm-hmm. he talks so, like, drawly. I don't know what accent he's trying to do, Yeah. but he has, like, a very specific kind of, you want me to kill her? You know? Mm-hmm. You want me to kill her? This is a weird, drawn-out kind of sound to his voice. And just everything about his presence in the film, I thought, was really, really compelling and very spooky. Hey, buddy. You were having, like, a... Oh, dude. You were having just, a day with this cat. He's just trying to chew on, on while it's, like... Get out of here. Plastic, and I don't want the poor guy to choke. Right? Don't chase the ball. He just wants to play. But, um... No, I just, I, I thought his presence was amazing. I liked the uh, the relationship that they had built with him and the Black Mask, where it was like, is this sexual? Like, is yeah. this romantic? Mm-hmm. Because it's hard to tell. And I liked the feeling that I got that he had with Black Canary, because Black Canary is kind of playing the... She seems like almost another contender for favorite. And you can just sense... Zaz is sort of yeah. trying to find a good reason to get rid of competition. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be the only one that Roman loves, you know? And uh, I thought that was cool. Yeah, for someone that, that he has as one of his, uh, you know, his right-hand man, they seemed more of equals, you know? Like, he he didn't, um, Zaz didn't feel like he couldn't call shots. You know how, like, you see yes. some movies where, you know, you get the right-hand man, and he's like, oh, well, maybe I should do this, or we should do this. And, the, you know, yeah. the, the leader is just like... Just kills him, yeah, stuff like that, you know, yeah, kind of like how they treated his driver, you know, yeah, he broke both his legs, yes, and he was just like, All right, I'll just replace you, you yeah. know, they he they he, they treat their henchmen like they're all replaceable, right hand men or not. I felt know, like right? that was a really sad thing is that we don't get to see yeah. what the reaction of Roman would have been to finding out that Zaz was killed mm-hmm. because that told like he never even finds out, no, yeah, he never finds that out, and I, I just wonder how that would have been, you know. If, um, like, I think that Roman's reaction to that might have shown what the level of their relationship actually was. Yeah. You know, because it's hard to tell. This cat is crazy. I know. He just wants to chew on everything. Buddy. Look at that. 
they go. Cap? I put the cap in front of him, and he's like, no, fuck you, and then he leaves. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Chris Messina, I, I really liked him. And, and just like his... He just has a, a just a complete nonchalant quality to the mayhem that he leaves behind. Like, even when he has... Uh, you're talking about the family that's all strung up. And it's like, okay, he takes the face off of the first guy, which was a complete surprise to me. He did not see that coming. Yeah. All of a sudden, it was just that dude's face is off. And then, like, they did the mom. And then he, like, turned to the daughter and he's like, you want me to kill her too? And Roman was like, I don't know. I feel like this is, like, a pretty big fucking message as it is. But, yeah, yeah. You know? But just... But Zaz doesn't care either way. Mm-hmm. It's just like, all right, well, if I get to do one more, I get to do one more. Yeah. If I don't, then it's less work for me. Uh-huh. You know? And there's just something really chilling about that portrayal. And, like, mm-hmm. just the way he smiles and shit. And I don't know, man. He was... He, he might be one of my favorite parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. Just the, the way that he talks. It's just so weird. He reminds me of, like, the, uh, the Swede from Fargo. You ever see, like, the original Fargo movie? Yeah. Uh, so the Swede, this with Steve Buscemi, and he's, like, you know, they're driving, and he's just, like, take me to Pancake's house, you know? And, like, Buscemi being, like, no, we had pancakes this morning. I want to get some, like, chicken in me or something. And him just being, like, take me to Pancake's house, you know? <laughs> it's that same type of, like, just the, that, that tempo of delivery and just that silent, quiet menace mm-hmm. that Zaz presents. Yeah. That's like the scene with him and Canary in the car when he's like, when he's like, pull the car over. And she's like, what? And he's like, pull the fucking car over. Just that moment. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man. Zaz does make me uncomfortable. It's probably my favorite version of that character. He's been around, kind of came out at the same time as the Black Mask. And I'm actually amazed that that pairing isn't something that usually happens. Yeah. I don't really... I feel like this is the first time I've seen the Black Mask and Zaz, like, close quarters together. But I, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense that they'd be buddies. It's hard for you to take somebody's, you know, a guy seriously when he has, like, bleached blonde hair like that. Like, you look ridiculous, man. True to, to the comics, person. though. True to the comics. Yeah, that's what he's like in the comics, yeah. Yeah, usually bleached blonde hair. Yeah. And, uh... A little bit less scruff. I think the scruff helped mm-hmm. take make him more, uh believable mm-hmm. that cat's cute oh, oh yeah. my god what a meow you should hear him man this is nothing at night is when he really just starts to go at it he's yeah. just in a mood right now like what are you what are you doing my dude um so i feel like we got the boys out of the way i just talk about the girls a little bit but i think margot robbie is uh she's excellent in this yeah She's really good. You know, you have a movie like Suicide Squad, and, like, the overall feel of it is, uh, you know, it seems, you know, DC tends to go a little darker mm-hmm. than Marvel, than, you know, For sure. Super Marvel, so, you know, you have a, a character. Well, their movies are about Quinn things. And, yeah. So, when you make movies about things, mm-hmm. usually it gets a little bit darker, because you have a point. Yes. I'm just shitting um, on Marvel right now, I'm sorry. No, it's, it's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> But you have a character like Harley Quinn who's very, like, lackadaisical and she's goofy and she's mm-hmm. funny. She's very carefree. And, you know, now that she has her own movie, you really get to see that part of her personality. And yeah. it's not kind of like, you know, it, it didn't really come out all that much in Suicide Squad to me. You know, like, you had those moments of, like, who she is. But, like, the overall feel of Suicide Squad, you have so many different personalities. It wasn't, yeah. you know, it didn't... 
you know, to me, fit as well. But when you have a whole movie revolved around her, and it was just, it was just so much fun. Like yeah. in the beginning, you know, she's just like going through a bad breakup. She's lashing out in one way or another. Yeah. She's drinking, and she's like, yeah, you know, I'm under the protection of of Mr. J now, and yeah. still actually, and you know, she's just fucking acting wild i'm like this is fucking awesome dude i liked the the conceit that it's like she could get away with anything because she had this big bad clown in her corner that Mm -hmm. nobody wanted to fuck with yeah and i like the idea that like once that because that's a that's an added wrinkle to the story that doesn't get talked about we like in the comics we've seen her break up with the joker but the impact of her doing that isn't really felt, but the idea that she has been going around causing trouble for everybody yeah. and that nobody's done anything because she's with him. And then she like cuts the ties and having everybody be like, Whoa, wait a minute. It's open season, you know? Yeah. And that was one of the things that I liked, like, like one of the things that got to kind of the core of who the black mask is for me in this movie was when, uh, she was talking about the, all the reasons that, he would want to kill her and then him just being like no no no, you don't understand i want to kill you because i can Mm -hmm. that's it you know it's just like whoa i I really enjoyed those uh every time you meet a new character grievance like the grievance (laughs) yeah yeah it was really good but there was a moment when he um you know he talks about she doesn't belong to Mr. J anymore, so she's his now. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, stepping in. And then she just ends up whooping at everybody's ass. Yeah. You know, with a little help from the Birds of Prey. Yeah. But still, I mean, she held her own. Yeah. You know, when she walks into the police station and she's like, oh, I'd like to report a crime. It's like, which one? It's like, this one. Boom! I hope that, I hope that, because that, the I couldn't get away from it the entire thing. I was like, this is a mass shooting. But it's with a beanbag gun, mm-hmm. so it's kind of okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a different thing. It was fun. So I'm like, no, I want to see, her... I want to see mass shootings take that turn. You like somebody her, showing up uh... to a mall with a t-shirt cannon, just blasting people away <laughs> yeah. with t-shirts. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be a nice change of pace. Yeah, I think in a world where mass shootings don't exist, I feel like that would be more uh, acceptable. <laughs> but I yeah, think just I yeah. think that I think that like the, I think that the intent, like if if mass shootings weren't a, a hot button issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think because it's Harley Quinn, it would probably still be the beanbag gun, but I definitely think that like more care and consideration had to go into the thought yeah. process behind that. I don't think that you can do the Matrix now. The Matrix <laughs> where like Keanu Reeves just shows up, walks through the metal detector, they're like, do you have any keys or uh, keychains? And he just goes, Whoosh! and the guy's yeah. like, holy shit! And then, <laughs> for like 10 minutes straight, and then just blasting away security guards. Yeah. And it's like, that. I watched that this summer. I felt fucking gross. Yeah. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, this is problematic. Mm-hmm. I love that word, problematic. Yeah, it's coming one. It's coming out. It's a popular one. But yeah, watching The Matrix now makes you feel fucking gross. Mm-hmm. You watch it and you're just like, damn, yeah. Jesus Christ. Because that's literally, they talk about it in the movie. They're like, yeah, well, we know that they're people, but they're locked into The Matrix. And as long as they're locked into The Matrix, they'll always be tools of the machines and everything. And it's like, no, they're people. They're people in, like, pods, just like Neo was, just like, you know, Morpheus was and oh. Trinity was. You could free them and show them the truth, but instead you're just going to fucking, like, wipe them out. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Watching The Matrix now feels really, really gross. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it. 
They're doing a fourth one. They just started filming. Yeah. It's going to come out on the same day as, uh, what? John, John Wick 4. John Wick 4, yeah. Um, yeah. Which I'm so fucking excited about because I love the third one. Keanu versus Keanu. Yeah. Who will win? <laughs> that dude's just going to get a fucking fat check that day. They're just like, let's just fucking just start giving him the... the I hope he out. sends like a, a letter... Like a public Twitter thing, like he tweets at himself and it's like, hey man, it was a good fight this weekend. Congratulations. You know, <laughs> like I, I'm sorry that I couldn't take the top spot, but if I had to lose to anyone, I'm glad yeah. it's me. Again, another opportunity for a celebrity death match Keanu versus John, Keanu. Yeah. John, John Wick Keanu versus uh, Neo, Neo Keanu. Yeah. That'd be fun. It's funny too, like the, the set footage has like him looking like John Wick. He has a beard and he has long hair. And it's yeah. like, Neo, you Plot changed. Twist. The reason it's coming out on the same weekend is because it's the same fucking movie. What if it is? Imagine that. I had to go watch all the John Wicks again and yeah. like pay attention for any Matrix connections. That would be a... We would be bamboozled. Yeah. For sure. He just walks in, busts open the door. They're like, oh my God, Neo. And he's like, it's John Wick now. Yeah, I've been like, do, I've been in the Matrix pretending to be a hitman, mm -hmm. like virtual reality for fun. Well, like since they murdered his dog, he just had a complete fucking meltdown. He just like, he turned into John Wick, you know, his alter ego. This is good. Yeah. We should pitch this. Theory, we should try to get, get them to hear this before they solidify any of the movies. Yeah. Gotta try to match them up. Um, we should do, for, for this show, we should do a double that weekend yeah we go see matrix 4 and john wick 4 the same weekend and then talk about both yeah and see how we confused to, we get while we're talking about it yeah we'd have to we could pull that off we probably, probably have to do it on off. a sunday yeah sunday or like a saturday night if we're able yeah. to you know go friday and saturday morning or saturday yeah. during the day you know yeah we'll have to do that that'll be fun yeah. um so yeah margot robbie like you know, I loved her as Harley in Suicide Squad. One of the things that really worked in Suicide Squad was mm -hmm. her. Yes. Um, I really... It's just, a, it's just a continuation of all the goodness that she brought to, uh, to that movie. Um, I, a couple things that bother me is I, I, I am sympathetic to why there's only one hyena. And... It's okay. It's okay. There's supposed to be more? Yeah, the classic thing from the animated series is that she has two hyenas. One mm -hmm. is Bud, and the other one is Lou. So it's Bud Abbott and Lou Costello, the uh, the comedy duo. Mm -hmm. um, and those were her hyenas. And then because of budget constraints and how expensive it is to make one hyena, they had to be like, huh. okay, we're just going to do the one. And then also we have to make it disappear for a huge portion of the movie. Yeah. So I, and I totally understand it and it didn't really bother me. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I kind of wished is if when he was out, if he, when she found him, he was with like another type of dog, right? And that you're like, it's a female dog. You're like, oh, and then, like, at the end of the movie, she, like, is going to have a litter of 
hyena, like half hyena, half whatever she is dog. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, like maybe that's where Bud and Lou are going to come from. They're going to be like little babies in the next movie or something. Mm -hmm. Thought that would be really cool. Um, but I totally get it. And I, I, I'm sympathetic to their budget constraints. I know it's smart for Warner Brothers to spend conservatively on their DC properties after, uh, after Batman v Superman in particular, because they spent, I think they spent 250 to $300 million on mm -hmm. that. And then you have to double that number to get the total for production cost and also advertising. And yeah. then they only made like $800 million off of it. So like they didn't really turn much of a profit off of Batman v Superman. So I, I like this realm where DC is spending very conservatively on their movies. And it doesn't hurt them. Yeah. Like Joker being 55 to 70 million didn't hurt Joker. They made fucking bananas. Yeah. You know, boatloads of money. Um, and this one, I haven't heard anything terribly great about their. Uh, I haven't heard anything terribly great about the, uh, the box office predictions for Birds of Prey. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't sound like it's, it's landing very well, right. which kind of oh, sucks. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I, before it came out, you know, you get the uh, the, the free screenings, and I've heard on the radio they said people just didn't really like it all that much. But I had a lot of fun with this movie. I don't. You know, the thing is, is I I think that consensus. I I hope that consensus doesn't come from box office. So mm -hmm. like, I don't want people to go like, oh well, it didn't make that much in Thursday preview screenings. I guess it sucks because that's not what it is. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of reasons why people might have stayed home. From the movie? Yeah. Uh, you know, especially... It's a Thursday. It's a weird time of year. You know? Um, it's cold in a lot of places. I, I just... I don't necessarily think that we should count it out so soon. A lot of people are already like, Oh, I don't know if it's going to make its money. And I just am like, Yeah, but give it time. Because we need, we need positive word of mouth mm -hmm. to help bolster it. And... If Suicide Squad can make... Suicide Squad made, like, 800... It made more than Batman v Superman. Yeah. And it's like, how? You know? It, it, <laughs> it, it, it There's something to those characters. There's something to this, like, street-level take on those characters. And I think that if enough people... If the people that like Suicide Squad go to see Birds of Prey, and then it's like, okay, they can see that... This is a continuation of the world that they kind of were enjoying in Suicide Squad, and also it's a better story. Which, uh, um, in the beginning, uh, they they kind of had like a Marvel esque intro where they had all these DC characters. Yes, was that the first? Is this the first movie they did that on? No, they've done that before. Yeah. Well, they because they kind of reminded me of you know the Avengers. Yeah. You know when they were doing and they and they pan out and there's all these yeah. different characters. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know when that was introduced. Yeah, because this is the I think this is the first time I you know noticed it anyway. You know. Um, yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. It's, it's, I feel like they're kind of taking ownership of like hey like we're connecting universes now yes. type thing like this yeah. is gonna be. A DC universe and not just these separate DC movies. Well, I know that they, they've they done it before. And the reason I know they did it before was because I've, I always thought when they were coming out with Joker and they were like, it's an Elseworlds story. It takes place in some completely different universe than mm -hmm. all the other stories, right? And I always thought, how cool would it be if they did that intro for Joker, 
but they used Elseworlds versions of the characters. Oh, so yeah. When they show Batman, it's blatantly like it's Batman with red eyes and the red circle and the bat outstay. That's the Thomas Wayne version of Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, they show Superman and it's the Red Sun Russian Superman. You know, they, you know, all these different things where it's like you can tweak. And then when they do the wide shot and they show all the characters, it's like, yeah, they're the characters, but they're like all the different versions yeah. of the characters from oh. all the different universes. That would have been fucking cool. You just say DC and then Elseworlds mm-hmm. underneath of it. And you're like, oh, that's, that's what Joker's from. It's from DC Elseworlds. So we know that that's separate from just the regular DC movies. You can mm-hmm. have your cake and eat it too. You can tell one-off stories that are really, really great and interesting. And you can still have a shared universe. Beautiful. That's what, that's what I want. That's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. You know? And they didn't go that far with the branding for Joker, but I think the point still got across. It was smart for them not to use that intro on Joker. You don't want to muddy it up too yeah. much. You want to be like, this is totally different than those other things. You're not going to see... Like, we don't want you to think that this movie and Aquaman take place in the same universe because yeah. very clearly they very don't. Clearly you know, different. they cannot. Um... But yeah, man, I, I thought that the, that the way that they tied together this with the rest of the universe was really cool. Um, I liked seeing like Captain Boomerang's wanted poster, which I thought was going to stay. That I missed. So that was when she was walking out and she turned and she was like, hey, I know that guy. Oh, okay. I was wondering who that was. Yeah, that's Boomerang from Suicide Squad. And it's like, that's cool. Yeah. That's like a really... Because when they were talking about it, they were like, this is totally separate, totally separate, totally separate. You know, we're not really thinking about Suicide Squad and all that stuff. And I was like, I don't like that. I don't want this to be totally separate. I want us to be able to be like, yeah, so Suicide Squad happened in this universe. You know, I want that feeling. And um, I was happy that they kind of embraced it, mm-hmm. you know. I'm still dying to see Harley get into like red and black because it's just they won't give it to us. They just will not fucking give it to us. They keep teasing us with the shit over and over again. They have like the one shot of Harley and the Joker dancing in Suicide Squad where she's in her traditional costume. They show her like pick her traditional costume out of the the lock box that they give her. Yes. And she like looks at it for a second and then she's like, "Mm." and she throws it down. She wears like something that's, you know, still it's kind of what Harley's become in the comics. But like, I just want to see that like. I just want to see that shift. I want to see the black and red at some point in a, in a serious movie, you know, in, 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 for most of the movie. Yeah. Because I miss it. She always wore like a jester's outfit. Mm-hmm. And I just want to see her in that again. Yeah. But maybe With it's the not hat? the time. Yeah, you know, I, I it's not a big deal for me. Yeah. I'm into it. Because here's the thing. You can, I don't like the stuffed hat mm-hmm. where it like actually sticks out. But if you just have those floppy, that works for me. I'm fine. Because then it would just whip around her, you know? It'd be the same thing as her hair, you know? Yeah. So I'd be into that. Um, and I think that they're they're setting things up well in this movie. Like, I, I don't know exactly what the trajectory is they're on, but, like, Cassandra Kane is supposed to be a Batgirl in the comics. She becomes a Batgirl. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's where they're heading with this version of that character. It doesn't feel necessarily like that, but also... She did help take down the Black Mask in Victor's Zaz. Uh, in pretty badass fashion, too. Yeah. It was, it was quick. It was, it was quick. quick. I, 
was not expecting it, you know. You always kind of expect, like, the final showdown to be this big drawn-out battle, but they were kind of just like, nope, we'll make quick work of you. Roman tends to die that way in the comics. Oh, yeah? Like, yeah, yeah. like, uh, he, he's, he, 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 all right. I'm not mad that they killed him, except for the feeling that I get where, like, I just want more of him. Mm-hmm. Because I've heard somebody say that they felt like he would be an underwhelming villain in a Batman movie. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I don't think you're right. I don't think you're right about that. Because when you think about the parallels of Batman and the Black Mask, and you're like, oh, actually, they're cut from the same cloth. Like, they're both rich kids. They're both rich kids that became orphans. Mm -hmm. They both have big corporations. Their names are known all over town. And then, quite separately, they have these alter egos. You know, Batman is Batman, and and, and the Black Mask is the Black Mask. And, like, they each are kind of saying simultaneously I own this city you know mm-hmm. I own the night you know yeah, yeah. that's my territory so they both want the same thing and also if you get into Batman in a lot of interpretations of him like I don't know man I think he kind of likes what he does a little bit too much yeah. sometimes I feel like Batman really likes hurting people <laughs> I feel like he does the things that he does with the best of intentions. He he wants the world to become a better place, but busting a guy's kneecap or, you know, dislocating a shoulder, you know, doing anything like that, it doesn't phase Batman. Mm. He's not concerned about it. And I think maybe, maybe he enjoys it. He's treading that line there. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that Roman is like, no, I don't have any problems admitting I like to hurt people. I think the two are more similar than people want to give them credit for. And I think the battle that they could have, this grudge match of like, you think you own the city. You think you own the night. But you're wrong. You know, it's mine. And that battle, just that back and forth push and pull between somebody that's like, I'm going to use all of my darkness to try to help make the world a better place mm-hmm. and somebody that's like, I'm going to use all of my darkness to make sure that the world is my place. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that is incredibly compelling to me. And I feel they set him up really well in this movie. They, he was to me, he was pretty much the black mask. And I just feel like, you know, having him end in such a final way, makes me a little bit sad especially with ewan mcgregor because i've never seen him play a character like this mm-hmm. i feel like he nailed it i feel like i was totally on board i was like wow this guy is fucking nuts and i he is exactly like i heard some people saying that they didn't think he was scary enough and i'm like i was fucking freaked out by he, he's a scary motherfucker in this movie like no no questions asked He's somebody that enjoys seeing violence inflicted on people so much that he had to hire somebody else to do it so he doesn't miss anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's fucking scary. Yeah. He's a scary fucking monster. He's just a bad, bad man. And I think, like... I don't know. I, I, would, I would happily watch more of Ewan McGregor as that character. Yeah, I agree. I, um... With the way the movie was going, I expected... I didn't expect him to die. I expected no. more to go on with him. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of always feel that way in these... Um, 
you know, these shared universes. It's like, there's so much you can do. There's so much potential you can do with these characters, you know, especially the villains. I know, like, your, your hero is most of the time going to win, mm. but that doesn't necessarily, necessarily mean that the villain dies. You yeah. know, they kind of get locked away or yeah. they get away, you know? Right. And I was kind of was expecting something like that to happen with the Black Mask. Yeah. Either he was going to get caught, you know, and do some time or, and then eventually get out. Yeah. Or he's going to get away. Because yeah. it's like, there's just so much potential down the line you can do with these people and you know with how you built him up because I didn't know anything about him mm. you know before you talked about him so when you have someone who is probably the the worst of the worst you kind of want to see him stick around for a little while he's the devil mm. you know and I think that that's the that's the reason why a lot of writers take that they, they make that decision they're like even in Gotham, there's some evil that's so evil that it's like an autoimmune response. Like, the whole city is going to be willing this guy to go away because they know. You know, it's not the, it's not the same as the Joker. The Joker... I'm not saying the Joker's good. I'm saying the Joker's entertaining. There's mm-hmm. nothing entertaining about Roman. Roman is scary. Like, there's nothing... Like, when he sets his sights on something, it's just hellfire. There's no good that comes of him being around. So it's like you have an entire city being held hostage by a, you know, a psychopath, a sociopath, and everybody hoping that he bites a bullet, you know? And it, it, I think that he, he, he's been shot in the comics. He was shot dead in the Arkham games. He was thrown out of a window and died. Then in the movies, now he's been blown up via grenade. And you're like, man, I... I he always meets a pretty final and quick that's it no more roman and i i take the opposite approach where i'm like now like we live in a world where it's like good people die you know bad people live that's the world that we occupy and i think that like when i think of roman i think of somebody that's made some type of pact with the devil you know it's like He's sacrificing people to some force in the universe, and that universe appreciates the sacrifice and will do whatever it needs to to keep him safe, you know, mm. to make sure that it gets fed more souls, you know. Well, it's interesting you have that contrast of him. He's, when he's alive, he likes to torture people. He likes yeah. to see people, like, suffer. But yes. when it's his time to go, it's very quick. You know, you yeah. think someone like that deserves to get a taste of what he's put so many people through. Yeah. I have, I gotta talk to you about him a little bit off air because I can't, I, I can't lay out, I, I hope that I get to work on these characters at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lay out all of my, my Surely cards on cards. the tables, but yeah. I, I have very definite ideas about who Roman is behind mm-hmm. the scenes and I just think Ewan McGregor was fucking magnetic in this. Yeah. Um, beyond him, I, a lot of people said Cassandra Kane was stealing scenes I think she was too. She's yeah. That girl was thirteen years old. I think she did a great job. Yeah, she was funny. Yeah, I she was really funny as well. Um, as far as like the birds of prey. Okay, so let me just say that Rosie Perez plays Renee Montoya. Okay, Renee Montoya. I, if I'm correct. I think that she was created for Batman the Animated Series, much like Harley. Um, 
which Batman the animated series is like one of the one of the best resources for Batman that you can find. If you want to know kind of what characters are, watch some of their BTAS episodes and you pretty much get it. The exception of like Joker. Joker has a lot of very huge missed opportunities in terms of episodes, mm -hmm. but they're all anchored by Mark Hamill giving a wonderful performance. So even when it feels off-brand of what it should be, still great. But Renee Montoya is a character that how I always see her is she's motivated. She's tough, she's smart, and she's innate good. And I felt like this movie viced her up a little bit too much. I didn't like the idea that she was drinking a lot. It bothered me. It made me sad. Because yeah. I was like, ah, oh, Renee, this doesn't feel right. Um, the other thing that they skipped, and I'm surprised they did, is that even in... Taz, for my money, when you saw her interact with men, she seemed very professional, but when you saw her interact with females, she seemed a lot softer and kinder mm -hmm. and gentler. And then in the comics, they like bring her in and it's not long after they do that, they reveal that she's a lesbian. Um, so I feel like even in Batman the Animated Series they were sort of like hinting it's like look at how business like she is with all the men mm -hmm. and then the women that she interacts with she's a little bit different yeah it's a little bit different seems to be more herself I felt like more comfortable I felt like we're in an R-rated movie I'm surprised that they didn't they didn't kind of lean into that at all yeah I feel like they skipped that major aspect of her character not that it's a super important one. It mm -hmm. doesn't really change anything. Yeah. But it's just interesting. Yeah, it's like it's makes... It's part of her identity. It's part of her identity and it, it makes... It gives that extra boost of diversity. Not that you need it. This movie's very diverse in its cast. You know? Mm -hmm. I feel like everybody's kind of represented. Um, but I just thought that that would have been a nice... A nice thing to include in some way. I don't know how. Yeah. But it's not like the movie is short of female characters to be like, oh, wow, hi. Yeah. You know? Does she have any love interests in the comics? Yeah, she's... Um... No, wait a minute. Wow, I'm such a fucking liar. Why am I... Wow. I'm embarrassed. No, wait a minute. They said she dated the DA. That female... Oh. They said that she dated her. I missed that because I thought they meant her boss dated the DA. No. No, that's what it is. Okay, sorry. So that makes much more sense the way that they're... Because their interactions together. Yeah, we're yeah. spicy. So they did talk about it. Okay, never mind, never mind. I don't know why that slipped my mind. Yeah. So I guess I was tired. I'm always tired now. Same. Um, but yes, no, so they did kind of talk about that, which is cool. And I thought that that was a nice... They introduced it well. I liked the, the, the shtick about how she smelled like shit and they had to give her new clothes from the lost yeah, and found and, and she's sure I shaved my balls for this. this. Oh my God, that was hilarious. Fantastic. <laughs> when I saw that in Spencer's because they're kind of launching like the Birds of Prey line of clothing and stuff, I honestly thought that was going to be something Harley wore. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I yeah. imagine that she's going to be walking around in this shirt at some point. I could see that. It would be funny. Yeah. Um, it, it was very strange for it to be on Montoya. <laughs> But I understood it after. It was, it was a good. It was a good gag. It was funny. Mm -hmm. um, Black Canary and Huntress are two characters that I 
Hmm. Hmm. Huh? A lot of question marks around them. Yeah. What do you think of them? Um, I fucking loved Huntress and her relationship with the other girls. Yeah? Yeah. That worked for you? Yeah. I yeah. mean, so uh, she's the crossbow killer, they call her. The crossbow killer. You know, killer. it sounds very dark, and she, I mean, the things that she does is pretty graphic. Yeah. So, you know, it, but, like, when you really get to introduce that character, she's very, like, chill. She's, like, very cool, you know? But then, like, I, she'll do something in front of them, and they're like, you're so fucking cool. Like, yeah, you know, when like she was sliding down the slide, yeah, just, just stabbing that fucking guy. guy. That and was pretty cool. she's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. And they're like, dude. She's that, very laid back yeah, about it. They're very, yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, that's cool. Um, that's a good That's so, a good take. Yeah. She's, like, so desensitized to the violence that it doesn't mm-hmm. really phase her at all. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed her character. Yeah. I thought that she was, like, almost spectrum-y. Like, it felt like she might be, like, low-grade, like, autistic in some ways mm-hmm. or something. Like, just the, her, the way that she talked to people, uh-huh. the way that she kind of avoided looking at people yeah. and stuff. I was like, huh, I wonder if they're, like, adding in something else on top of that character that isn't usually there. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought her costuming was strange a lot of the time. Yeah. Like, she's in, like, a sparkly black coat. And mm-hmm. I'm like, why? Why is she sparkling? Because I feel like all the glitz and glamour type stuff is like that. Just give that to Harley. You know, Huntress is all tactical. You mm-hmm. know, all tactical. Like, think of, you know, we talked about the Matrix. Think of the Matrix. Like, that's what we're going to be looking at for Huntress for me. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of, like, the decisions that they made with her, I was like, weird costume. And just very strange to me. Um, but, yeah, I... I definitely. I wish that we had more time with her so that I could understand more of the take. Yep. But by the time we really get introduced to her, I feel like I didn't have enough time to really acclimate to her personality. Yeah. I guess it was hard for me to understand what they were doing. I was like, I can tell that there's something weird about her, and that's the only thing that kept coming up: the spectrum. Like she's on the spectrum, and some she's somewhere in there mm-hmm. where she doesn't seem like. She just seems a little bit different. I kind of took it as she witnessed her whole family get murdered, and then she goes off and she just trains to be this, like, emotionless assassin. You yeah. know, just, like, just gone through so much trauma that her emo- she just doesn't process emotions anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of goes back to her just being, like, very desensitized to murder. You know, yeah. so she grew up, like, that's all she knows is death. Yeah. You know, she's watched people be killed. She's trained to kill people. Yeah. And I was going to ask, did she, um, that didn't have anything to do with the League of Assassins, did it? Her no. Training? No, I don't think so. Okay. Usually, that would, have been a cool, like, that would be. Italian. Yeah. Um, the League, a lot of times they have their fingers, like, in a lot of pots and a lot of character backstories. Um, and it's gotten more intense since Batman Begins. Once they said that Batman trained with the League, it was like, oh, well, maybe this person did too because they're a good fighter. So now, like, the Green Arrow on the television series has trained with the League. Like, Ra's al Ghul was a main villain in one of the Green Arrow, one of the Arrow seasons. Uh I was like, that's fucking weird. Okay. (laughs) And then then it's like Bane, which Bane had nothing to do with them Mm -hmm. originally. And it just, like, the list is continually growing. Um, but that being said, I, I think that Huntress makes sense for that. Type. They tend to find people who are vulnerable to begin with, you know, of yeah. like 
Bruce Wayne's parents were gunned down in front of him, and then he went out into the world trying to learn how to fight criminals, and now he's locked up in a prison for however long, and he's starving. He's fighting, like, eight dudes at a time, and it's like, now we're going to show up and be like, hey, do you want to join our little club? We're going to try to destroy Gotham. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's just this weird thing. So, and I mean, yeah, she it gets would make taken sense. away. She gets saved by one of the guys that murders her family. You know, yeah. There. So you, it would make sense that he'd have a tie-in with League of Assassins. He could, yeah. Not good people, so I figured maybe that's a yeah. cool little nod to that. But it, it, You know, this is a brave new world for DC on film, and I don't see any reason why they can't retroactively be like, oh, yeah, like... You know, the family that she went to in Italy, it's like they are, they know mm-hmm. of him. They are familiar yes. with Roz and with his group, you know. Um, because Huntress is no slouch as far as a fighter, like in the comics either. She's She can go toe-to-toe with a lot of people. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if her training was, you know, on that level. Um, and then Black Canary. What do you think? Um, she was cool. I, I like the. I like that she was kind of working with um, Black Mask, and she, you know, um, deep down hated him, and mm-hmm. you know, she kind of had that dynamic there where she was kind of like an inside person. But you know, she was like, "Well, he took me off the streets, gave me a job, and in regards, I fucking hate the guy. I'm doing what I have to do to survive here." And yeah, you know, but you can tell that she doesn't share the same values. No, so it was. It's cool to kind of put her character into that uh, situation there where, you know, it's like, oh, is she bad? But she's clearly miserable at the club. Yeah. I don't know anything about her backstory. She feels like she's, like, literally, like, a caged bird. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Um, The only thing that I I really felt was, um, I understand that... This movie is it's occupying a weird space, right? Because we're like, okay, so Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, what do we have? Okay, we had uh, Deadshot and Harley Quinn and Captain Boomerang. And uh, who did they fight? It's like um, the Enchantress, who's a, who's a witch. And she had demons that were fighting these people. They have this weird thing where it's like street level. And also, like, supernatural, mm-hmm. you know? You have, like, humans and metahumans, you know? And, like, that's DC's fancy word for mutant, you know? It's mutants, I think, trademarked or something by Marvel. Yeah. Um, but, so I understand that they have to walk, like, a weird line. I think that the canary cry came out of nowhere. Did that yeah. bother you? I, it did seem out of place. I was like, holy that. fucking shit, was... that's awkward. Yeah. I knew it was coming, too. I saw it in the trailers. Uh-huh. But they didn't, like, build it up, man. Like, uh, so she broke a martini glass at, at the Black Mask Club, and it's like, okay. But people have done that in real life. Like, that's something that is humanly possible. So show me something that is inhuman. Show me something that, like, no, there's no way that somebody could do that mm-hmm. earlier on. Even if it's small. Just something where you're like, that's fucking weird. You know? Um, I just felt like it, 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 especially, I think, Harley. It's like, you know what you have to do? Like, Harley already like knows knew. that she can do it. Yeah. But we've never seen her do it. Mm-hmm. 
I'm like, did they draw, They cut a scene and then not ADR proper dialogue over it? Yeah. To be like, any of you have a good idea? Because that would have been that would have been like, how the fuck are we gonna get out of there? Out of this? Anybody have a good idea? And her being like, there's something that I can do. And it's like, what? And it's like, it's hard to explain. And then she gets up and boom! Yeah. And you're like, oh, whoa! Like, there's more to that voice than just singing. Yes. You know? So it's like something that... Because I got the sense that even... Like, I didn't think that Black Canary knew that she could do that. Didn't feel like she knew that she had, like, a superpower. Mm-hmm. It was very strange. That no, was a, I agree. That was a mistake. I mean, you have the all these characters who, like you have described it as street level. Yeah. And then you have someone who has know the ability to do something like that yeah it's like uh like banshee from the x-men like Mm. the just that that sound wave weapon you know Mm -hmm. and it it, it, it's fine if you build it up if you kind of hint at it earlier you know even if you like do something where like you make her more subdued the rest of the movie because it's like she's almost afraid to use her voice because like maybe it Maybe it does have some, maybe it ties into things that have happened in her past where it's like she, she fucked people up by accident with it and shit. Um, So I don't know. I, I I did, that was one thing where I was like, I really feel like you should have handled that entire thing different. It comes out of left field in a a big, bad way. Uh, No, I agree with that, but it was, you know, it was like a quick a quick thing where I was able to be like, that was strange, but moving on. Yeah. You know, because immediately you're like totally invested in just like Harley Quinn and Huntress or, you know, motorcycling up on Mm -hmm. Sionis and his, and his goons and shit. So that was a cool fight. I liked the, uh, I liked her jumping onto the back of the convertible car and that like fight in the convertible car and like the every t- every couple of seconds her turning around grabbing the guy and bashing his head off yep. the steering wheel Whack. you know Whack. 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 <laughs> yeah. that was good that was cool shit that was fun I enjoyed that um, very much and I mean overall I, I I'm pretty happy with it I'm pretty happy with this movie overall I had a lot of fun with it mm-hmm. and I you know I think it had really good insights into like who Harley Quinn is as a person because I think that not that they don't get into it in the comics, but I, I don't think anybody's had like a real clear, definitive like this is kind of what it is, and I felt like this movie got closer, you know, because mm-hmm. I I like the idea that she's I like the idea that she doesn't want to be alone, you know. And that that's like a major motivator for kind of what she chooses to do. Um, I thought that that was cool. And it shines a little bit of light onto who she is as a person. Um, I think that... And I also think that like as far as like getting the black mask on film for the first time, I've been waiting for a long time to see him. Mm-hmm. And getting to see him in this format was really good. I felt like he was, he's the perfect villain to put up against these women because he's just, he's just a bad, bad man. Yeah. You know, he's all the things that you think of with toxic masculinity. Yeah. And it's like, he's the poster boy, you know? Well, under, uh, 
under that list that she had, just like just so you know, they name off a couple things and it goes through a bunch. One of them was I have a vagina. Yes, that's really funny. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, he's a he's a bad man. He's mm-hmm. evil. Clearly underline the fact that he just the monster that he is, the womanizer, the misogynist. He's a destroyer. pig that fucking the black mask is. Yeah. No, he's a bad man. Mm. I, I, I thought that they handled him a little bit better in this than... Like, one of the things that I always hated, spoilers for the video game Arkham Origins, if you haven't played it, it's all right. Um, but the black mask is supposed to be the lead villain, and that turns out to not actually be him. It's the Joker pretending to be the black mask. And the Black Mask has actually been, like, tied up for the entire game. Mm. Um, But when they bring him out, like, he's yelling at the Joker, and he's like, you know, you sick bastard, you killed my woman, you know? And he's like, you know, what kind of a man makes somebody watch somebody die in front of him, you know, and all this shit? And I'm like, this is so (laughs) off-brand of what the Black Mask is supposed to be. Uh, like he knows exactly what kind of man does that. He has no problem. Yeah. He is that man. Yeah, I was you know. Say that. <laughs> that's that's he. I think the the trick with me is the black mask is somebody that like understands pain, understands that it's it can be enjoyed, and even if it's his own pain, it's still still pain. So he's still okay with it. Mm. You know, there's no there's no difference between somebody else's pain and his own pain it's all it's all pain you mm-hmm. know and uh so i thought that this was a little bit better in that respect because i don't feel like he i feel like he really is detached i don't feel like there's anything in this world that he cherishes which might have been cool because the entire time you're seeing that that relationship between him and zaz if if he did find out that zaz was killed it would have been really interesting to see what the reaction would have been mm-hmm. if he had been like how and they're like you know we shot him through the neck with an arrow and then stabbed him all this stuff and him being like cool yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) so like i don't know maybe i think that this is this is the better portrayal of the two between black mask uh between Birds of Prey and Arkham Origins, I think that this is closer in line with what I want to do or what I would want to do with that character. Mm-hmm. Um, if they were going to do a sequel, which I'm going to say they probably will. Yeah, I can see a continuation of that. What do you want to see? In terms of villains or just where it goes? And, yeah, well, you know. it's weird because it's like, is this movie going to be one of those, like... Uh, is this movie one of those ones that like has to have two sequels? Because it's like, we'll do Birds of Prey, and then also like another solo Harley movie? Yeah, well, that's what I was going to address, because you have the Birds of Prey that come together, and you don't, you know, it's more towards the end that they kind of get solidified, like, yeah. you know, that's them, and then Harley leaves. Yeah. So now you, they go off in two separate directions, and it's like, are the Birds of Prey going to get their own movie now? Or, you know, is it going to be another sequel that's involving both the birds of prey and harley but they kind of touch upon both like their paths come together again i hope that they don't bring harley back for a birds of prey sequel Mm -hmm. i hope i hope that they're just like this is a convenient way to set up the birds of prey for their own movie yeah you know because it, it does make a lot of sense you're using somebody with known like bank value 
to to get people interested enough to buy the tickets to show them these other characters that mm-hmm. they should also love. Also, but I don't know that they... I don't know that any of those characters were done memorably enough for people to have fallen in love with them. Mm-hmm. I think they're all cool. But I do question whether or not whether or not they made enough of an impact that if Harley wasn't involved in the sequel, people would still show up. Mm-hmm. And that's alarming to me. Well, one of the issues I did have was just the lack of... Um lack of what they did with them together you know they had that big scene towards the end there you know buck mash shows up with all his goons mm-hmm. and they got to fight him off and it's like they were that you know you start to see it it starts to happen yeah and then harley and um cassandra kane go off and kind of do their own thing mm-hmm. and then like that's it you know they kind of see them together at the end yeah but i would have liked to see more of a foundation set yeah Birds of Prey. yeah and i if they do have a Birds of Prey movie, I will definitely go see it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm interested enough. That's to good. See it, That's so. good, especially because like I'm a I'm a comic fan, so I know. Like I, as a comic fan, I was questioning it, mm-hmm. but to know somebody that maybe isn't as well versed in the comics mm-hmm. is interested enough to give it a shot is heartening. Yeah, that's a that's a good feeling. Um, it's weird that the Birds of Prey are founded without Batgirl because Batgirl is usually the third member in that group. Um, so it's like, huh, I wonder what's going on with that. Yeah. I think that right now, the woman that wrote Birds of Prey also wrote the Batgirl script that was at one point going to be directed by Joss Whedon, which, after Justice League, that guy can go fuck himself. I'm glad he's not involved. Um <laughs> I hope that they do find somebody soon, mm-hmm. and I really hope that they get the girl from Don't Breathe to play oh, okay. Batgirl, because she's said in public, I want to play her, mm-hmm. and when she has red hair, I'm like, that's Barbara. Like, that's told I'm in. I want that movie. Um, the tough thing is, is all their Batman stuff is so up in the air right now, because Affleck's Batman is where a lot of this stuff is springing from. And now he's not involved, so I don't know how they're going to fix this. Is they're going to launch the Robert Pattinson Batman movies and everybody's going to fall in love with it because it's going to be awesome? No questions asked. It's going to be a great movie. I know that. And the fact that this isn't really connected to it, it's already getting weird. It's already getting strange for me. Like, mm-hmm. this, all of this uh, Romans moving around throughout the city and, like, they they talked about Batman, but the fact that Batman isn't all over this situation is hard to believe. I was thinking that too. That Especially just flew under his radar in the beginning when she blows up um, the Ace factory, Chemicals, the yeah, chemical factory, yeah, and you know it brings back to what we said. What was it last week? Yeah, that, that big things happen. You know that's that's Batman's territory. He, yeah, he would be like, huh? Wonder why that happened? Because it was. I mean. <laughs> It's pretty common knowledge, like, when that happens, you know, um, the detective, she was like, oh, this factory blew up, Harley Quinn and the Joker, they, that's where, like, their love story began, you know, right. like, they broke up, and it's done, yeah. you know, I mean, if she knows that, Batman certainly fucking knows that, and he's certainly gonna do something about it, Yeah, you know? He's gonna be looking at the situation going, like, this is going to cause something, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then he's gonna be watching, mindfully, what everybody is doing 
in the aftermath of it mm-hmm. and like what Romans doing building an army and everything, which I'm amazed that they didn't call them by their names. They're the false face society. Um, I'm astounded that that wasn't mentioned, but it's okay. At least they were in there. Everybody was wearing their masks and that made me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does, it, it already feels weird. It already feels strange, and it, yeah. it's just like the longer it goes without them being committal about what they're doing with Batman, the the weirder it's going to get. I think that that's the reason the Batgirl script got shelved is because they don't know how it fits in now. Because they're like, well, wait a minute, we can't cast her too old because what if we like try to take Robert Pattinson's Batman and fit it into the DCEU? So if we do that, then we have to have a Batgirl that's younger than Robert Pattinson. Also, if we introduce Batgirl in this movie, like, okay, so we have, we have Batman as Ben Affleck in the Harley Quinn movies, right? And in Justice League, we see J.K. Simmons is Commissioner Gordon, right? But in the Robert Pattinson Batman movie, Commissioner Gordon is played by Jeffrey Wright, so, for those of you keeping score at home, that's one white Commissioner Gordon and yeah. one black Commissioner Gordon, which that would have an effect on what skin color Batgirl is. Mm. You couldn't cast the girl from Don't Breathe and be like, that's her dad. Yeah. You, it wouldn't work. It would be weird. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like now they're sitting on a Batgirl script that's probably perfectly good, probably ties into this movie, but now they don't know how to put it out. It's fucking weird. Yeah. They're in like they painted themselves into a corner. They said yes to too many things. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, put Commissioner Gordon in Justice League. He doesn't need to be there, but what? Why the fuck save him? And yeah. then they were like, oh no, yeah, <laughs> you know, like a big mistake. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I want to see Batgirl in the Birds of Prey for sure. I also think that Harley is very casual, but if you know Batman, you know what's up. She said, uh, "I got a place in the East End." Also, for you keeping score at home, the East End is Catwoman's neighborhood. So they've just moved Harley Quinn closer to Selina Kyle, which, again, is all sorts of fucked up because Zoe Kravitz is playing Catwoman in the Robert Pattinson fucking movie. So unless they're going to be like, there's a Batman universe, there's the Elseworlds universe with Joker, then there's the DCEU that doesn't have Batman or Superman in it. Like, this is just, it's going to get weird. It's going to get weirder and weirder and weirder, trying to figure out what movie goes to which. Yeah, it's tough to follow along. It's which, which is which. That's the whole thing. And it's going to, it's like, everybody goes to see Marvel, and they know, like, it's all cohesive. Everything matches with everything. This doesn't feel that way. This is not going to be like that. It's not going to be like that. Mm. I can't wait for Robert Pattinson to fight uh, Orlando Bloom's Black Mask in the sequel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Didn't he get blown up with a grenade? Mm-hmm. You know? It was going to be weird shit. <laughs> Final note, I just wanted to say in the animated segment at the very beginning of the movie, yep. when she said, I had my heart broken a few times, mm-hmm. and they showed like guy one, guy two, and then, then girl. Is that Poison Ivy? I thought so. Was she holding a flower? I don't know. It was quick. It was. It happened so fast, and by the yeah. time I realized what I was seeing, it went away, and I was like, I think that was Pamela. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm fucking yeah! <laughs> but also, that's weird, too, because it's like, wait, did, did they go to, like, medical school together or something? Because she is know. Dr. Pamela Isley, but she's a botanist. 
Mm. So she's not in the psycho psychology field. But I mean, I guess it's not. Uh, there could be a school that serves both. Maybe they didn't know each other before. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I did catch that, and I was like, "Is that was that what I? Oh, 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 like that? I made that exact sound in the theater, and everybody told me to shut up. It was pretty bad. It was upsetting. But anyways, I like the movie. I'm yeah. I'm glad that it was made, and yeah. I'm gonna go see it again for sure. Definitely seeing it again. One thing we haven't talked about, which I feel like you know, it's a very small, but I feel like very important part of the movie. That if they didn't tie it back in at the end, I would have been very upset. Is the breakfast sandwich? Yes, I was so like, I feel like they they grasped everybody. You know, we can all relate to just seeing that perfect sandwich being made, and it's just like my mouth starts watering, and I'm like, when you just get that fucking sandwich that you want, you're like this is gonna hit the spot. I know it. It's my favorite. Yeah. And then it's you know she gets chased down. She goes to take another bite, and it's Boom. like and it's just it's giving me so much anxiety, and I'm like, this is fucking bullshit, man. This is killing me. You know what? I have I have a couple things to say. Number one, I lived for the reaction shots that Margot Robbie was given. Mm-hmm. The biting of the lip and like all that stuff. I was like, oh yeah, baby. <laughs> just sign me up for like a, a couple gifts. Yeah. Just to, you know, over and over. <laughs> and also, for what it's worth, the breakfast sandwich, it had a short but wonderful life. It was tucked in her shirt during that chase scene. Yeah. So I'm just saying, it's as far as life. the, yeah, I mean, that's a good life. Not a long life. Uh. But it is a good life. I, I felt her pain when it just flew up into the air. And I was like, oh no. Margot Robbie, again, like, look at look at her as an actress, man. Like, mm. just the look on her face and the tears just, just billowing up in her eyes as she watches the fucking egg land on the ground, the yeah. fucking cheese, the sausage roll across the street. You just see... This anguish in her eyes. Such a she's such a good actress, and she's applying it to such a silly part, and it's so fun. I can imagine that. That's what John Wick felt when his dog got murdered. Yeah, even worse. Even, <laughs> even worse. Even worse. The the sandwich thing. Yeah. Even worse yes. than the dog. <laughs> I mean, I would kill a puppy for a breakfast sandwich. Oh no! If it, if a, if a breakfast if a, if a if a puppy was trying to eat my breakfast sandwich, it's game on. It's game on, motherfucker. Say goodnight. Yeah. My name is Lenny, and this is my friend George. Oh, no. That's what would happen. <laughs> Poor Lenny. Poor George, I should say. Yeah. No, I would never do that. I would never do that. No. I am not Luca not. Magnata. Yeah. I am not an evil person. Uh, last thing, sorry. Not yeah, 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 no. Did you stay to the very end? Yeah. What was your take on that? Because it fuckers make much sense to me. I mean, it kind of fuckers. I knew yeah, that, no. I, 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 I mean, I always mean to look up if there's posting credits before I get into the movie, but I always think of it once the credits start rolling. And then this, you know, I looked it up and it said there's a little bit of something, so I was like, I'll just stay. Yeah, it, you know, it was just, just a tease. it was what it was. Yeah, and I, I honestly think that if they're like so non-committal about Batman, they should stop bringing him up. Mm-hmm. They got to just stop talking about him. For a little while. Until they know what they're doing. Um, Because they threw the baby out with the bathwater. You know what I mean? Like, it's like... We had a couple bad movies featuring Batman and Superman. And now it's like, we're not going to have Henry Cavill back. I think Affleck wanted out because they changed the plans on him. Mm. He really was going to play Batman, like, three times. And then they kept asking for more. And he was like, dude, if you're going to turn this into something that it wasn't supposed to be, then I'm not doing it. And Mm. I don't want to be involved. So I feel like they're a little bit handicapped in that respect. 
But I still, I'm like, man, you should have done everything you could to make Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck happy because they were not the problems with those movies. And now I just feel like you're you're trying to build a universe. You're trying to build a universe that's kind of set in Gotham City, like the Birds of Prey, Gotham City Sirens, these other movies that are like coming down the pipe. They're set in Gotham City and you don't have a Batman. That's that's a tough thing to pull off. Yeah. You know? Uh, so I, I kind of am... Uh, I think that they could have done something else. What I honestly would have liked to do is I know that the Suicide Squad is coming and I know that Margot Robbie, she was in an interview and they were like, so like, was it, you know, is it nice to be able to step away from the part after playing her again and get a break? And she was like, there is no break. I am currently playing Harley Quinn right now. And they were like, oh yeah, the Suicide Squad. And she was like, yeah, so I've, been, I've played Harley Quinn for about a year straight mm-hmm. is basically what my life has been. And it's like, wow, like that's pretty cool. But I honestly thought that that was what the after credit scene was going to be. Oh, I so thought that the she new Suicide Squad. Yeah, I thought that she would be like in her office at Harley Quinn and Associate, uh-huh. and that she'd be like doing whatever, and then uh, Cassandra would like open the door and she'd be like, uh, "Your two thirties here," and Harley would be like, "Okay, send them in," and then uh, the person would come in and sit down, and she would be like, "Okay, what can I help you with?" And then she'd be looking at Amanda Waller. Mm. And then they would just cut to black and oh, be like, yeah. oh, fuck. That would have been fucking cool. You know? Because, I don't know, I don't know exactly. I was wondering if this was going to tie into that at all. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if there's going to be some type of thing at the end where it was like, nope, Harley's going to prison. and Or even like that. Like, if they had a different ending where it's like, Harley's incarcerated. And she's like in her cell and somebody like walks up and they're like, hey, get up. You're getting transferred. And her being like, what? Where? And they're just like, Belle Reeve. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> you know? Uh, I would have been into it. Mm. But now I'm just left like, it's very mysterious. Now it's just like, well, Amanda Waller uses prisoners. So like, how does Harley wind up back there? Yeah, that's true. That's and what happens to Bruce? Uh, we'll see a little hyena friend I thought he was alive I like Bruce yeah I did too hmm. and I think I, I like the like I hope that Bruce does wind up being the father of Bud and Lou mm-hmm. so that we still get that like I was disappointed that there was only one and then I was like really like what the fuck they named it Bruce that's so dumb but now I'm like now actually this is this is a better move like instead of just being like I have one hyena and I had to choose whether I was going to call it Bud or Lou mm-hmm. it's better to have yeah. it just be like a separate thing and then we'll get to Bud and Lou later. Mm-hmm. Hopefully by the time they introduce Bud and Lou, she'll be in a red and black fucking costume. Yeah. Um, It'll all come together. I think so. I think so. But yeah, so... <laughs> sit on Birds of Prey. We liked it. That's it. We'll see more. I, it. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited to see more. I'm definitely going to go back and see it again. Um, yeah. Fuck yeah. Highly recommend it. Uh, we'll be back next week with... Uh, an indeterm an undetermined episode. Um, we had talked about live streaming the Oscars and uh, really speaking with both of our schedules and with the uh, technical stuff mm-hmm. that we uh, we are facing. Uh, we're not ready for it, but we're definitely going to be talking how right we are, how, how right we were about yeah. all of our picks because oh, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna nail, nail, nail it. One of them. Obviously, we're always right. 
course. Uh, we're white males. <laughs> there goes half of our listenership. <laughs> I mean, so if you like, can't tell that I'm just dropped off, if you can't tell that I'm so fucking no, full of shit right now, that's your problem. It's called sarcasm, folks. Yeah, we are very sarcastic. Yes. Embrace it. Yes. Um, but anyways, we love you guys. Thank you for joining us as always. And, uh, you have a good week. That's all folks. This episode was once again brought to you by ron-iii-art.redbubble.com. Head over there, check out the WT Fada collection. We got a bunch of different merchandise from the show. And, uh, you know, if you see something you like, pick it up. Helps us out a ton, and uh, we definitely appreciate it. And, uh, hey, send us some, uh, some shots of it. Some shots of your merch, okay? All right. Bye, guys.